You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by Chris Flum. And we're here to break down the defensive line room for the New York Giants, a room that I'd argue has been one of the strengths of the New York Giants over the last decade, dating back to when the Giants signed Damon Snacks Harrison entering the 2016 season. Then they get Dalvin Tomlinson, they trade for Leonard Williams. A lot of assets poured into the defensive line. Hasn't necessarily resulted in wins, but I would still say it's one of the stronger positions on this roster. Chris, how are you doing, and would you agree with that statement? I'm doing well, and not only would I agree, I would extend it back to literally a full decade, maybe even further, back back around the uh, 2010 season or so, back when you know, Jerry Reese brought in Chris Canty and they had uh, Rocky Bernard there. The Giants drafted Linval Joseph and then they drafted John Hankins. And this team has just consistently invested heavily in their defensive line, whether it's been a three-man front, a four-man front, or a modern hybrid front. The Giants have always sunk resources into their defensive line, and they're generally pretty good at evaluating those guys. They have been really good at evaluating those guys. And fun fact about Mr. Jonathan Hankins, there was a season where I believe he had like, was it like seven or eight sacks? It was something ridiculous. And I'm trying to nail down what exact season that was when he was able to do that. I remember Colin Jenkins came in for a year and had like five sacks for the New York Giants. So what we're essentially saying, listeners, is the defensive line has been a strength of the New York Giants for quite some time, and they still have Leonard Williams, who is entering the second season on an extended deal. You have Dexter Lawrence on that fifth-year option, was just picked up, so he has another season after this one. These guys are going to be in the building more than likely for the next two years. Behind those guys, you could say it's a little murky, but we'll dive into the entirety of this group here shortly. Yeah, and just to... Fill that in. Uh, that was 2014 with Hankins. He had seven sacks. I believe that year he was one. I believe he was the only defensive tackle to rank in the top ten in pass rush and run defense. Not bad for a nose tackle who slipped to the second round. <laughs> yeah, I know it's kind of crazy. I mean, that that's one of those players that was good when he was with the Giants, and then it just kind of dissipated, and he ended up going to the Raiders, and you haven't heard much of him since. And the Giants had 47 sacks. That season. The last time the Giants had more than 50 sacks in a season was actually 2007, but I believe they had 46 sacks one of those other years. We haven't seen that in quite a while in terms of rushing the passer. I think they had 40 sacks in 2020 and they had 34 last year. Let's hope with Kayvon Thibodeau, who we'll go over on the next podcast, and some of these other additions and some of these other players, the Giants can get back to harassing the quarterback, pressuring the quarterback, and then putting that quarterback into the dirt. And that is something, and I guess we'll start with this player, Leonard Williams did double-digit times back in 2020, but he regressed last season a little bit in terms of his his ability to finish the play, which was something that a lot of giant fans and a lot of people who cover football criticized Leonard Williams for towards his latter years with the New York Jets. And then his first season here with the New York Giants or half season, 
I should say. Last year, he had six and a half sacks, but he still had 47 pressures. And after just watching the tape and, and seeing Leonard Williams, I didn't see a step down from his play. I just didn't see him seize the day as much as he did in 2020. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would say last year was really kind of who Leonard Williams is and has been throughout his career, even dating back to his time with the Jets. Yet he has never really been, outside of 2020, a sack artist. Yet he is not Aaron Donald. He is not the type of player who consistently converts pressure into production, pr pressure into sacks. Yet it always seems to take him maybe a step longer than it almost should, I want to say, to make that final push, clo close those final steps to the quarterback. He has always been a player who has gotten a lot of pressures. Yeah, he's really very high in the total pressure count among all defensive tackles, defense, uh, defensive linemen. He's kind of a, I'll get there eventually type rusher. Now, when the coverage is intact and keeps the ball in the quarterback's hands, like it did in 2020, that's when he can really step up and convert those pressures into sacks. But it's difficult for him to get to get that quick pressure. Yeah, he doesn't really get the quick pressure. And that's not because he's a slow player either. I think Leonard Williams is very unique. First, he's 28 years old right now. He just turned 28 years old. He's a six foot five, 302 pound defensive lineman who has incredibly long arms and really good athletic gifts. He has some bend to him as well, but I would agree. He's not somebody like an Aaron Donald or a Jeffrey Simmons or even a Chris Jones who's going to just win right off the snap with pure power. But you give Leonard Williams the opportunity to be relentless in his pursuit and you give him, you know, that split second extra, he can get home. He has a variety of pass rushing moves. He is a player who plays with a high amount of motor hustle, all the competitive toughness factor that, that Leonard Williams has. You can see when you, when you go over his film, but he doesn't always finish consistently. And that's why 2020 as of right now has been more of an anomaly. He had 62 pressures and 11 and a half sacks that season, 62 pressures. That was a career high 11 and a half sacks. That was a career high, but I think the underappreciated aspect of Leonard Williams' game that doesn't get discussed all that much, and maybe it's because he earned such a big contract, Chris, and you pay people to sack the quarterback, but he is a really good run defender as well. He uses his flank, he sinks his hips, he sets his anchor into the ground, and he does a really good job playing peekaboo around offensive linemen to find the running back close with and then make an aggressive tackle. So that's another aspect of his game that really helps the defense. And I think it's going to come in handy on this defense with Wink Martindale. Yeah, definitely. He is really good at that defensive end position in those tight fronts that, that Patrick Graham, I've Giants have been through so many defensive coordinators lately. I had to stop and sort out which one, but yeah, Patrick Graham's tight fronts, it, Williams is just so good at that. Like you said, holding those blocks, uh, being disciplined in his, in his run fits, and then when the time is there to make the play, he has the technique, he has the length, he has the strength to discard those blockers and bring the ball carrier down. He has been a pretty big reason why the Giants' run defense has been solid. Yeah. You know, it took a step back last year, largely because the nose tackle position took a step backwards. But when the run goes to his side of the field, 
he's going to make a good play on it. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And he did it quite often, too. I mean, there were a lot of plays last year and dating back to 2020 where he made big plays against the run. And I think you're right, Chris. And we're, we're going to see tight fronts again. But Patrick Graham, he used them all over the defensive front, but when they were aligned tight, he would have them on the back side. That's basically a three technique. The nose tackle would be in the middle, and then Dexter Lawrence would be to the strong side as a four eye, just challenging the heck out of the play side guard to make that block on Dexter Lawrence. We can transition this conversation into Dexter Lawrence because I think it's important, and you see this a lot going around Giants Twitter about Dexter Lawrence, about how he's kind of a bust, but also, and let's dive into this first, Chris, how he doesn't play nose tackle. And I think there are reasons why Patrick Graham used him in a different role. And I think it links towards his unique athletic ability at 345 pounds. But do you think we're going to see him as a nose tackle a little bit more in Wink Martindale's scheme? Or do you think we're going to see Jelly whenever they are in tight? And then they'll use Leonard Williams kind of as a four-eyed, similar to what Patrick Graham did to really just mess with the play side guard because it's hard to block Dexter Lawrence with his quickness and size if you're playing you know an outside zone rush scheme towards his side the strength yeah you know I I kind of hope the Giants do still keep Dexter Lawrence on the outside play him at that four eye in the three down fronts or two down front as the case may be because uh Wink does like does love him some two down fronts with uh Usually, I th- think those are uh, two four fronts that he uses, but I think it is almost a waste to use Dexter Lawrence as a nose tackle. Yeah, first off, it's he's it's just not a position he is particularly good at. He n- never really played nose tackle for Clemson, and whenever the Giants have moved him to nose tackle, he's kind of struggled just because he is a really big guy doesn't mean he has the technique, the the wrestler's understanding of leverage and angles and just the innate balance you need to take on a center and guard, double team, head up, and really control those gaps and command those double teams. Lawrence is at his absolute best when he can just fire off the ball, use that explosiveness, and his size and his power to just bully one offensive lineman, attack one single gap, and 
get into the backfield. That's when he is at his best. And that's why I hope we don't see him at nose too much if you have someone like Justin Ellis who can anchor down the, and be the nose because I think you are onto something. Dexter Lawrence, I think he can play nose. I think he has a little bit of a ways to go in terms of understanding leverage. He's not Dalvin Tomlinson in that area, but I also think the best utilization of him is to have him outside whenever you are in three down defensive line fronts, specifically tight fronts for all the reasons that I listed before. And just to like provide context on Dexter Lawrence, because I do feel like there's a lot of people who, who believe Dexter Lawrence is an absolute bust. Now, I would agree he does not impact the pass in terms of getting sacks enough to warrant maybe the 17th overall pick. He's not Justin Simmons. He's not Chris Jones. He's not Aaron Donald, like I said with Leonard Williams. But that doesn't mean he is this 20-snap player that I feel like a lot of people are under the impression that, of that that's what he is. I mean, this is somebody who averaged 49 snaps last season. He had 43 pressures. He had only the two and a half sacks, which is is the thing that kind of you know irks you and, and pisses you off. But getting 43 pressures is still impressive, and it's still a big jump from his 2020 season. This is a 24-year-old. He could realistically hit his stride this year. And that's why I was all over the camp of you have to have a conversation about picking this guy's fifth-year option up. And that was unpopular at the time. Now it seems kind of ridiculous because fifth-year option was only $10 million, Chris. And guys like B.J. Hill signed $10 million deals. And I like B.J. Hill, but I would take Dexter Lawrence over B.J. Hill any day of the week. Yeah, no, there's a whole separate rabbit hole we could go down there with you know, B.J. Hill at $10 million versus uh, Leonard Williams at what, right around 20 or wherever he is at. But we won't yeah. go down that road. One thing, just as an aside, I am going to be curious about is comparing Dexter Lawrence to Jordan Davis. Yeah, he, because Jordan Davis did play nose tackle at Georgia, and we say that Dexter Lawrence has rare athleticism. Uh, Jordan Davis is even a step beyond that. And Giants fans are going to have to get real used to seeing Davis because he play, he's going to be playing for the Eagles, so they'll see him twice a year for at least the next four years. So I think that will be a very interesting comparison. And maybe even the Giants could get some ideas about how to use Dexter Lawrence from how the Eagles use Jordan Davis. Just because... Yeah, the Eagles do do defensive line well. I, I've i said this before. I hate it when the Eagles do smart things. But we can watch. We can learn. And, you know, they, they have different guys. They have different ideas. You just go through some of the names. I mean, Javon Hargrave, he's only been there a couple years. He's a very talented player. Obviously, Fletcher Cox has been there for a while, anchoring down that defensive line. And I think Jordan Davis is going to be the next nuisance that interior offensive linemen for the New York Giants are going to have to worry about. But I think the Giants are in a solid position right now on their defensive line with Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence. I think they're going to play all over the defensive front. I think Leonard Williams might play a little bit of the Calais Campbell role, but I think Dexter Lawrence will also shoulder some of that burden. They're going to use Leonard Williams as a penetrator, as a looper. Same with Lawrence, probably a little bit more as a penetrator. But who is the third option here? Because you have a lot of young players. You have David Moa, who was a part of the Joe Judge era. And then you also brought in Jalen Holmes, who was under Andre Patterson over there in Minnesota, former Ohio State guy, and then obviously Jelly, who we mentioned. Who would you think is the third and fourth wheel of all of those players? Well, I think Justin Ellis will be the third wheel, just because you need a nose tackle. The Giants might not have one on the field all the time. Wink does love him some 
we'll say exotic uh, defensive fronts. He, he is not in base defense all that often. He loves to get pressure, so he's going to want everybody or as many guys on the field who can get pressure as he can. But I think of these other guys, Justin Ellis will probably play the most snaps. I am curious as to what David Moa and Jalen Holmes do. I'll be curious to see what uh, DJ Davidson, the fifth round rookie, is able to do, whether he's able to push Justin Ellis. But another two guys you didn't mention, and I think we will see them on the defensive line. You know, they're listed on uh, on depth charts as outside linebackers, but Ellerson Smith and Jihad Ward, those two guys to me just scream defensive linemen. Yeah, they're not 300 pounds, but they still have great length. They still have good size. You know, I think they're both right around 290. Yeah, that's plenty big enough to be a defensive end. And maybe we could see these guys take a step forward. Well, in Ellerson Smith's case, we, we know Jihad Ward can play, but maybe... Ellerson Smith can take a step forward in training camp and maybe he could be a primary backup to a Leonard Williams on the, at at the defensive end position. Yeah. I think he's going to be somebody who will be used on the defensive line. I was going to get there. I think Jahad Ward will be as well. I think they will be used at edge. I think they're just going to be specifically to Ellerson Smith, a pass rushing specialist who will come on and those third and long situations you use his quickness use all of that athletic ability that he has, his ability to bend around the edge. He's he's not 290. He's a little bit less. I want to say he's like in the 260 range, but still that's something that can easily be leveraged by Wink Martindale. In terms of Jihad Ward, bro, I, I just love the fact that he's in that outside linebacker room with that personality to really help these young guys, a lot of young guys in that room. But the other defensive lineman that I didn't name, the three UDFAs, Ryder Anderson, who played at Ole Miss and then he went to Oklahoma for a year, Christopher Hinton out of Michigan, and then Jabari Ellis out of South Carolina. I have one of one of those names I think has a realistic shot to make this team. He might be competing with David Moa, possibly even Jalen Holmes. But do you want to guess which one of those guys, or do you have one of those guys that you feel like has a better chance of making the roster than the other two? Yeah, my guess off the top of my head might be Hinton, but I really do want to see all of these guys in pads, full pads, in training camp because it's really tough to evaluate defensive linemen before the pads come on. When they're not allowed to play at anything close to full speed, they're not allowed to hit. Yeah, it's basically every practice is a walkthrough for those guys at this point in in the calendar. I agree, but the player that I was thinking of, Chris, is actually Christopher Hinton. You are correct, my friend, and it's basically because he is a wall. He just is such a good run defender, and I can see this guy. He's, he's around 300 pounds. He's not the biggest. He's not going to pressure the quarterback consistently. He played a lot of nose, a lot of two, a lot of three, kind of all over the interior parts of that defensive line, but if you put him out there in certain rundown situations – in goal line, I just feel like this is somebody who is stout, plays with excellent leverage, and can just be a cement block on the defensive line. I think there's room for a player like that on this roster. So I think the training camp battle, which I'm very excited for all over this roster, but if we're just talking about the defensive line, I look at Leonard Williams, Justin Ellis, Dexter Lawrence. I think they're going to make the roster, plug that those guys in. I think Davidson has the inside track being a fifth-round pick. But I think there's another spot that could be open for Moa, Holmes, or any of those three UDFAs that I just discussed. 
And I think Hinton has a realistic shot to possibly even beat out a Jalen Holmes. And I liked Jalen Holmes coming out of Ohio State because this is somebody who is very, very long. Another guy who's like 285, 290 pounds. You can line him all over the defensive line. Now, he doesn't have a lot of production at the NFL level, but he has that familiarity with Andre Patterson. So he'll have a realistic shot to make this team. But I wouldn't be shocked if Christopher Hinton beats him out for a final roster spot. Yeah, this is another position where the Giants have a lot of competition. They've got a lot of bodies. It kind of remains to be seen just how much depth they have. Hopefully, the young guys will continue to make step forwards, take steps forward. The kind of the, we'll say, uh, under the radar veterans will prove that they are here for a reason, that they were smart pickups really good value pickups by Joe Shane and the Giants will have the kind of depth on the defensive line that we are used to seeing from them. That's what we're hoping for too, Chris, but do you have anything else on this defensive line group? Do you have any predictions on sacks or pressures or anything like that? (laughs) No, I, I think it will be very interesting to follow this group through training camp, through, through the preseason and into the season because you had, this is, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. It'll be interesting to see how many pressures and how many sacks Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence are able to get, both because we're not too sure about the secondary right now. There's some legitimate questions about the secondary, but also there is Kayvon Thibodeau out there on the edge, Aziz Ojolari going into his second season, Quincy Rocha going into his second season, and the Giants pass rush, edge rush, that is, looks to be the best it has been since probably that 2016 season with JPP. And, you know, you had uh, Romeo Aquara, you know, step step forward. And you had, obviously, Olivier Vernon and Snacks Harrison in there in the middle. How many sacks will these edge rushers take that in previous years these defensive linemen would have gotten? And I think that's the fascinating discussion. So before we get out of here, I want to actually go over Baltimore's defense last year. Their three leading pressure players were all edge rushers. It was Adafi Owe with 49, Tyus Bowser with 40, and then Justin Houston with 40. And those were also the three players that led the team in sacks. And I think there is a a pretty unique conversation about is that because of the scheme or is that because the defensive lineman that the Ravens had was Calais Campbell, who's a bit long in the tooth right now, but he still had 31 pressures. It's pretty damn solid. And then Justin Matabuke, who is a younger player who actually has pretty unique, I would say, initial quickness, lateral agility. But still, he was only at 13 pressures. I think he got home like two and a half times. Four sacks, and then you had a bunch of other like you know secondary pieces and linebackers who are picking up pressures. So with the personnel that Wink Martindale has now, with Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, I'm wondering if you're going to see some more stunts and like primary pressures developed for the defensive line rather than the edge rushers. Because Chris, you know, you watch Wink Martindale's defense. This guy loves to scheme two versus one rushers and three versus two rushers, and that's easier to do with edge and linebacker than it is with the defensive line. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he. I think we're going to see a bunch of stunts and twists, particularly with Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, because those dudes have the agility to pull it off. They can exchange gaps, and you know, we there has there have been a lot of a lot of questions about what the Giants' offensive scheme is going to look like, but this defensive scheme is going to be very, very interesting. 
yeah, I'm excited to see just the New York Giants. I'm very just pumped for training camp in general. It's going to be a great time. Chris, anything else, bro? I think we've covered it pretty well. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please go comment, subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating, trash us in the comments if you want, but please leave that five-star and then head on over to BigBlueView.com for all your extensive New York Giants coverage. Take care, everybody, and be well. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, Mom. (laughs) No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.